Good morning, everybody. My name is Barry White. I'm having a little cold, so if I take a sip of Snapple, or if my voice is a little low, don't judge. Don't judge. Uh, my name is Joe Davis. I'm the lead teaching pastor here in the garden, and we start a new series this week called Move Over. It's going to be a long one, actually. It's going through the whole uh, lectionary series. We're sharing the same passages with the sanctuary worship service over there, and we're going to go through the Old Testament leading up to the book of Mark, and the whole theme is prepare the way of the Lord, and the idea behind it is what I'm going to try to do, at least in the beginning here, until I change my mind, um, what I'm going to try to do is give you guys things in your life practically every week that you can do to make more room for Jesus in your life. And so move over. You see the picture there with the crosses in the rearview mirror as Jesus is coming up. The whole idea of the book of Mark is that everything moves in that story very fast. So that's kind of the idea of what we wanted to go with that. So um, this week we're looking at this is the first one in the series. It's Genesis chapter 2. 15 to 25. I'm going to read the passage to you. I might skip a little bit, but I'm just going to read it to you. The, the, the title this morning is Shame on Us. Now, does that make you nervous? Because you guys know how I like to talk about my own sin, right? I'm talking about yours today. Just kidding. Just kidding. Shame on us. <clears throat> the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You can eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat that tree. For in the day you eat it, you will die. Then the Lord said, It is not good for a man to be alone, so I'll make him a helper. And out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every uh, beast of the field and every bird of, a, a bird of the heavens and brought them to, the, to man to see what he would name them and what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature... That was the creature's name. The man gave names to all the livestock and all the birds of the heaven and every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found a helper for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon man. And when he slept, he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, she's hot. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my, my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. They shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked but were not ashamed. Unfortunately, that's not how the story ends. And so what we like to do, we like to look at each passage, we break it down into three different applications. We look at the historical application, what about man, what does he do, why does he do it? The theological, what about God, what does he do, why does he do it? And then we have the devotional application, what about me, what do I do, and why should I do it? So let's look at the historical aspects of this passage first of all. We understand that Adam was created in God's image. Matter of fact, in verse 27 of Genesis chapter 1, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image he created him, male and female he created them. So I want you to understand how it all started off for Adam and Eve. They were created in God's image. They were given every opportunity to be what God wanted them to be. They were in a world that was perfect. They were in a world that was sinless. They were in a world that didn't have pornography, that didn't have drugs, didn't have alcoholism, didn't have violence, 
didn't have war, didn't have sickness, didn't have colds like I got this morning, didn't have any of that stuff. Every possible advantage that Adam and Eve needed to fulfill their job, God gave them. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> they were so close to God and so close to his image that the scripture teaches us that every day Adam would walk and talk with God in the garden. No man in the history of the world has had a more intimate, close relationship with heavenly dad than Adam. And they were created in his image for an important task. In chapter 1, verse 28, it says, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And in our passage today, he says, Name all the creatures, take care of everything. You and your wife Eve live together, have a bunch of kids. And he left them there with that job without shame. There was no sin. And so they had an important task, which was their job was to take care of and shepherd the world that God had given them. Do you understand that the whole earth was a gift from God to Adam and Eve? And their job was to take care of that gift. I remember the first time I got one of my kids a car. I got my son a car. It was a really nice car. It was a BMW. It was an older BMW, but it was in good shape. I said, son, take care of it. A week later, it was gone. So you understand what happens. We are given a gift. God says this is a very expensive, it's a great gift. Take care of it. That was the important task. As a matter of fact, in Psalm chapter 8, 6 through 8, look what it says about what God did for man. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks, all herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the, fish of the sea and all that swim in the sea. That's an important job that God gave Adam and Eve. Unfortunately, it ended in failure. It ended in nakedness and shame. They started shameless and they became shameful. Adam and every man since has been given this charge to take care of the world around us, take care of the people that we see, take care of the people in the world, take care of the environment, take care of God's creation. And yet, Adam left a stain of sin and rebellion on God's beautiful creation that destroyed the image that he was created in, and he passed that DNA on to us. That's why we understand in Corinthians 15, 22, for as in Adam, all die. Here's what I'm trying to explain to you. If there was ever anyone who could have used their free will to choose obedience to God, who would it have been? And he couldn't even do it. Think about that for a minute. The most intelligent, brilliant man ever to walk the face of the earth given rule and reign over the earth to take care of it, to make sure everything goes well, to shepherd it. A man who was so smart and so brilliant that no brain sense could compare. Think about it. Would God have made Adam with an IQ of 50? It's probably like 500. 
photographic memory, everything. And he walked and talked with God every day. God, can you explain how the stars are made? How do they move? That's really cool. So the sun wrote to, I mean, Adam knew science. Adam knew God. And yet, for some reason, he still chose sin. And when he did, that sin cast a pall on all of God's creation. And the scripture says that because of Adam's sin, all must die. And the scripture says very clearly, we are all in Adam. That means we're all in sin. And so the reason that you are born not having to be taught how to rebel, not having to be taught how to lie, you're, the reason you're born not having to be taught how to be sinful is because you inherited it from Adam. I've shared this with you before. I didn't have to send my kids to rebellion camp because they weren't developing fast enough in their sinful nature. They knew all that stuff out of the womb. And so because of Adam, because of Adam who started shameless but then was overcome with shame, there is now also shame on you, shame on me, shame on all of us. And guys, listen, it's not just Adam's fault. You know if you're honest, and I, I try to be vulnerable with you guys up here. You guys know I struggle with sin. Matter of fact, there's some friends of mine that I play basketball with on Monday nights. They're here today. They could tell you I struggle with sin. I lie about fouls being called all the time. <laughs> Wasn't out on me. What are you talking about? Right, Mike? Shame on me. Guys, we contribute to our own shame constantly. But we are born in a state of shame because of the shame of Adam, who was supposed to shepherd and take care of the world and failed. So that's a very sad story, isn't it? Well, let's look at the theological application. Jesus does what Adam couldn't do. Watch this passage. I love this. 1 Corinthians 15, 21 to 22. For since death came through a man, which man is that? Adam, for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ will all be made alive. I love that. Isn't that great? I mean, this is what's so incredible. The scripture makes it very clear there are two Adams in the Bible. Did you know that? There's the first Adam, the one who allowed his job to fail and ended in shame. And there's a second Adam, which is Jesus. As a matter of fact, Jesus is called in Scripture the second Adam. Adam was supposed to take care of the world. He failed. Jesus comes back and saves, restores the world. He succeeds. He wins. And so, as a result, the effect is the removal of our well-deserved shame inherited from the failure of Adam and our own. And what happens with that? This is what's so amazing. Do you remember the state that I described to you that Adam was? Listen, Adam had a six-pack. Adam was Einstein. Adam was Beethoven. Adam was everything every great man has ever been all rolled into one. Eve was every great thing every great woman has been all rolled into one. Eve was the most beautiful woman, the most intelligent woman, the most talented woman. I bet she would have loved football. 
dream girl. And then it all went to pieces. But we will be restored to his likeness. I have some verses I'm going to look, look at. 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to look at verse 45, verse 47, and verse 49. First of all, verse 45. So it is written, the first Adam became a living being, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The last Adam is Jesus. Verse 47, the first man was dust of the earth, the second man was from heaven. Jesus. And just as we have borne the likeness of the earthly man, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven. Right now, we look a lot like Adam. Not his good parts either, his bad parts. <coughs> I just love how that last verse puts it together. Think about this. We are sitting in our shame, and one of the theological things God does is through Christ, he takes us out of shame and begins the transformation process to make us like his son. And look at this passage. We're sealed by Christ's work. And so we remain shameless. So it's not like we were shameful and then God saves us and then we screwed up again like Adam did. No, that's not how it works. You see, because whose job is it to take care of the world now? Jesus. Adam failed. Jesus succeeds and he seals us. Hebrews 7.25, I love how he just lays all this out. But because Jesus lives forever, that's the wrong passage, let me see. Yes, yeah, 724 and 25. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. In Hebrews 2.9 it says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than angels, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. And then Hebrews 10.14, Because by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Now, I want you to look at the tense of this, right? By one sacrifice, his death on the cross, he has made perfect forever those who are being made perfect. That's kind of what it means. So it's like this. His action creates an end result that is currently being satisfied. Does that make sense? His action, dying and being raised from the grave, creates an end, which is we are going to be made just like him, just like God, back in God's image, and in the time in between is when it's happening. We go through difficulties, we go through time trials, we go through hardships, we struggle with our sin, but in the work of Christ, through the blood of Christ who has cleansed us and forgiven us, we are in the process of being made perfect. And it's a perfection process, guys, listen, that cannot be derailed. So there's not a need for a third Adam. So, we are restored to his likeness, and we are sealed by Christ for an important task. Just like Adam was created in God's image for an important task, we are restored to God's image for an important task. Revelation 5.10, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests, a kingdom and priests, 
to serve our God and they will reign on earth. That's the very job that Adam and Eve were given in today's passage, isn't it? Do you guys see the similarities? And here's what's so amazing. Can you imagine what a kingdom of priests looks like? Think about what that means for the world and the effect it should have. That's the process that God does. Now, what about me? Devotional. Move over shame. The first thing you need to do to make room for Jesus is to move your shame over. Because in Christ, guys, once you have trusted Christ, you are once again shameless. Doesn't mean you're sinless, but before God, you're shameless. When we are in Christ, who is called the second Adam, we are actually reclaiming the role that God intended for Adam to have. But we fulfill it through kingdom work. We're given the charge over the world like Adam was, but it's to take the message of hope and grace and redemption. And spiritually, we are restored to the type of connection to heavenly dad that Adam had. When Adam walked and talked with God every day, we are restored to that connection. And we go from shameful to in Christ, through his work on the cross, shameless. I'm just going to be honest with you. Every day, i got to remind myself of that. Because it's very easy for my feelings of shame to be my biggest obstacle in being effective for God. Every day, I struggle with it. Don't get me wrong. I have a lot. We have a lot to be ashamed of. There are secret things in our lives that if everyone knew, we would never be able to even come out of the house. Maybe even to look at our spouse. But with the coming of Jesus, you know what he does? He puts shame to death so that we can escape the pit of shame created by Adam's sin and exacerbated. For those of you from Bradenton, that means made worse. (laughs) By our own sin. So that instead of being paralyzed by our shame and thinking, well, I can't do anything for God. I can't move. I'm I'm shameful. Instead of being paralyzed by our shame, we are energized with our boldness to be what he intended us to be, a kingdom of priests whose shame has been eliminated by the shame of the cross. And we are given charge to shepherd and care for the world around us and those in it. Romans 10, 11, for the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Romans 5, 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Faith is what? There's another proof of it right there. So this week, as we start this new series about making room for Jesus, let's start with leaving our shame at the cross. We all have it. 
And if you're not careful, your shame and your guilt will paralyze you. It will render you helpless and useless. But when you begin to recognize, wow, through Christ, right now, I am in the process of being made more and more into his image, I'm going to live like it's happening now. And now you can be part of the kingdom of priests that can operate with authority, that is coupled with humility, but shamelessness, even in the midst of our sins.